Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Semino, and with me as always is my co-host, Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Don't eat the car, Steve. Don't eat the car. <laughs> that's, that's a good line. The, the things Tom Hanks yells at Hooch in this movie are by far the best part of the movie. Like, Tom Hanks screeching in his, like, not high-pitched voice, but, like, his, like, his class. I can't even, it's, it's such a classic yell now in my head. But, like, him just, this, this is definitely, this is, I think it's the most he's ever yelled in a movie. I, it's, I mean, he, his, his co-star literally has no lines, so he has to do a lot. So I'm thinking this and like Saving Private Ryan, different kinds of yelling, but I yeah, feel like those are the, yeah, the top yeah. two Hanks yelling movies. At least like, like Vin Diesel was like hanging around there, you know, like, yeah. Welcome everyone back to the In Real Deep podcast. Welcome to a new little series of sorts. We have recently covered the filmography of Quentin Tarantino. We've basically been dipping back into older movies. Well, now because there are no new movies, but before, (laughs) just because it was fun to watch things streaming and talk about them that everyone can access and everyone can watch. And we decided, based on the coronavirus pandemic that is sweeping the world, who better to talk about than one of the initial famous victims of that very coronavirus? I'm talking, of course, about Tom Hanks. And we're going to watch 10 Tom Hanks movies, at least 10, right, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, well, all we have is time on our hands, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Minimum of 10, yeah. And we can hit a button yeah. for $3, and these instantly come to our televisions. Yeah. If not, cheaper yeah. than that. If you already have streaming, yeah. you might get half of these for free, so. Yeah, like this one is on Disney Plus. This so. one is on yeah. Disney Plus, and we should talk about that in detail because it is a weird movie to be on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, it's it is. Very weird. Very I know weird. people have done like recaps of like the most inappropriate movies that are on there. I feel like this has to be top ten, right? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of those recaps are like all about like how racist Disney was, like you know, fifty years ago, uh, or like how much racist stuff they would just put in their cartoons. Whereas this is like uh, a movie that came out while we were alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, given Disney, given the fact that Disney is supposed to have like multiple streaming services and a big investment in Hulu, which is like the adult one, it is a little weird that Turner and Hooch, which we're talking about in this episode, is on Disney Plus and not on Hulu. Um, but I mean, I, I get it a little bit. I can see how the argument was made, but it felt like maybe it was a, a quick sorting, and they didn't really think too hard about about this. But yep. As Andrew said, we're talking Turner and Hooch, and it is a dog movie, and that's really all I knew about this before (laughs) we watched it. I was like, oh, it's a movie about a dog. And Tom Hanks, of course, but Tom and a dog, you know, that's all I ever heard. That's really not, that's, isn't that your impression after watching it? It's just a dog movie. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It is primarily a dog movie in many, many ways. There's a little, there's some stuff to it here. I think it's, Andrew, it's a great movie to start our little Tom Hanks series with, because it's... It's you know it is by far it's not his first movie it came out in 1989 it uh, mm-hmm. there was a bunch of you know relatively big things that came before pretty big things actually that came before in his career but it is just it, I think it encapsulates a lot of this early career Hanks where he's charming and he's funny and he you know and, and there's some hints of who he'd become but he's really just like a relatively handsome very affable young man pretty handsome who's just like making movies like there there there's a there's a more than a glimmer there of future Hanks but there's no you you I don't like you realize that Philadelphia is mere years away. Right, right. Yeah, like, like, like f- this movie came out in ni- like 1989, I yeah. think. So, like, like three or four years later, he goes on that run of like being nominated for best actor, like what three or four straight years because he had Philadelphia and Forrest Gump and other ones I'm probably forgetting. Um, 
yeah so i i was really i you know I, I watched this movie and then i think i texted you right after i was like uh this is a bad movie uh <laughs> but it was a, it was a great one to start with because it's not like a terrible movie it's just not particularly good um like it, it it's not like uh epically bad i guess is what i would say um and maybe we can get into how bad exactly it is but like it is to, I, I think i texted you right after. it was a great one to start with because it's like it's it allows us to focus on the Hanks appeal and less on like the the bigger movie that he was in and uh, and and that sort of thing um, and and you know I guess again the fact that his co-star has no lines probably also <laughs> allows us to like overdose on on Hanks to get yeah, us going. That's all very true. Before we get too far along, let's do our beverage of choice segment. I have a coffee with skim milk. I was. <laughs> Looking around to see if there's anything alcoholic to put in this, and I was like, you know what? It is 10:30 in the morning. Even in a pandemic, I'm gonna pause and wait till at least noon. So that I'm yeah, drinking a yeah. very regular, respectable morning beverage. Uh, and I am. It's 1:30 here, and I'm drinking a beer because there are no rules. Uh, it's a paint. It's a paint branch pilsner from Seven Locks Brewing, right here in Rockville, Maryland, where I where I live. Um, and I I do want to pause and just say that I think. One like there, there most most of this pandemic stuff is obviously terrible, um, but there are some like silver linings, I guess you could say. And one of them is that at least in the state of Maryland, uh, I literally log on like every two weeks and uh, order beer from a local brewery, and they just drop a twenty four pack on my porch without having to talk to anyone, without anyone touching, and it's just like shows up here. It's amazing. Something like I tells hope me that, that is going to survive. That 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 is going to continue yeah, after the pandemic. Exactly. Yes. Please have that continue. Um, you know, for, at least for the parents of the world who have like two small children at home, like that is a service I would pay for in times of non-global pandemic. You yes, know, you're not uh, just an alcoholic who demands beverages. You have kids to watch too, so you really need someone to help out whenever they can. So it's nice yeah. of them to bring you beer. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a it's a it's it is one of those oh, what a time to be alive uh, moments, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. For better and men certainly. For worse, but certainly an, an interesting turn of events, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Andrew, let's get into Turner and Hooch. Uh, a lot of people have seen this movie. I've been very amazed in talking to my friends about how this was just a thing that they watched. I guess you know it came out in 1989. I was four, so I could see you know, and if you're four, five, six, seven, a dog movie with Tom Hanks was probably a pretty big deal. I had never seen this. Like I said, I barely knew anything about it. I was sort of surprised that it was a big deal. But I guess after seeing the movie, because it's so simple and so easy to understand, and the dog is very, maybe not cute, but certainly striking and, and mm-hmm. memorable, I can see why a kid would gravitate towards this and think it was super fun. Yeah, I so I saw it when I was younger. I, I don't think I saw it when it came out because i would have been six i think my parents would have waited a little longer to show me a movie with like a, a chalk outline around a body um maybe i don't and, know and very um, and tom hanks very much in his underwear shirtless yeah, in right. his underwear for like 20 minutes of this movie right yes yes a large a large part of it um but i do remember like renting it from the video store and that and like now like i was re-watching it and i'm like i think i learned a lot of like because uh, this is a this is a, a buddy cop dog movie too, right? So uh, Turner, the main character, is a uh, a cop in this sleepy little town in like Northern California. I think we think somewhere near like Monterey, and he's like moving to the quote unquote big city, which is Sacramento, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the biggest city there is. I think Greta Gerwig and Lady Bird would have something to say about that. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, 
uh, and uh, so it's it's. But I, I I was watching this and I just I was like cracking up at the fact that like there are so many things that like from the 1980s that are like 1980s tropes. But I think this was probably like the first movie that I saw where like for example there's like a jurisdiction fight very early on between like the state police and the local police um and which is a very like 1980s like thing like i'm surprised there wasn't a give me your badge and gun sort of moment (laughs) but like this was like the more acceptable one to watch like my parents weren't going to let me watch at like eight years old like you know beverly hills cop or certainly not like 48 hours or like uh you know one of those other you know more i guess more adult um uh, like cop movies. Um, I don't know. I was, I, I don't know about you. I feel like it's, it's very easy to look at a 1980s movie and go, this is so 1980s, but there were like, this movie starts with him like on a Nordic track in his like underwear. And then he like, he's like putting, putting checks in the mail. And I'm like, wow, this is definitely like, if I show this to my kids when they're older, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, what, what is it? What is he putting in that? piece of paper and then dropping in the like it you know i don't know it, it was it definitely felt like a time capsule i guess is what i would say <clears throat> definitely 80s for sure and i think as you hinted at it's definitely got some adult themes too like it's just just the fact that it takes time to address jurisdiction in the movie at all is is for a movie right. that is certainly aimed at children for the most part is, is wild like i think it's sort of a reminder that back in the day for kids movies like i mean it, it also lives in this era of like late 80s early 90s where they made a lot of movies for kids that you know were in that 10 million dollar range with like you know either explicitly for kids like i'm thinking of the sports movies of the 90s like little big league and rookie of the year or something like this where it is like certainly aimed at like you know nine-year-olds ten-year-olds but but they still made them real movies yeah it's a family movie like a family movie that's a great point it's a family movie but they but they also took time to like try and tell a story or flesh out the characters to a certain extent like you know it wasn't it wasn't lazy like i felt you you could tell people it's it's not good i don't think it's well written by any means but (laughs) there are elements to it where you're like wow they don't need like so many movies these days just breeze by all of that stuff you know wouldn't even consider touching the logistics of the situation this movie tries to pretend like it's a real cop movie you know (laughs) like it tries it like it cares a little bit about about Tom Hanks's character Scott Turner and his career and his move and his life, like not again, not not in any detail, like but enough where you're like, wow, this or, or the fact that like Scott Turner is like clearly this very fastidious sort of broken man who can't love and can't relate to people, and like they take a little they take a little more time than I expected to to hint at his brokenness and not just play it for laughs, but also play it for like a little sadness, and then they don't yeah. get into it in any detail, but you're like, wow, this guy's kind of fucked up, like. <laughs> <laughs> And he's fixed by a dog, which is a quick fix, but it is still, I was still impressed at how they even, like, back in the day, they even took the time to dip their toe in areas where they would just ignore right now and breeze to, like, the funny, interesting stuff. It's, like, crazy to me that this was a family movie, though, when you appeal back the things that, like, happen, right? So, like, there's a murder in it uh like like he's trying to solve a murder like and and it's like they show the murder i mean they don't show it in like quentin tarantino gory detail but they show this old crazy guy basically getting stabbed they show the knife in his body right yeah right yes like don't need to show that could just like could just you could just guess that he just got stabbed but they were like no we're gonna show you He's dead. Could have left it to the imagination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like the whole like relationship between uh, Scott Turner and then um, I don't even know the character's name. Reginald Vell Johnson's character. Uh, good old Carl Winslow, who's in yep. this movie, who's all he's like, I think was legally required to be the second buddy cop <laughs> in every movie in this era. Yeah. Um, 
uh, and then like the relationship between him is like Carl Winslow's basically just uh, making fun of Tom Hanks the entire time for not getting laid and then like my favorite personal moment that is a very 1980s moment in the movie is when he basically calls Tom Hanks a pussy for putting his seatbelt on in his car <laughs> yeah, like, that's the <laughs> most dated thing of all of us yeah, so he's like he's like yeah, but he's like he doesn't actually call him a pussy but he's like it's 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 very clear that that's he what he's saying, um, but, but in a very like friendly cop ball busting way too. You know, like it's just they're just two yeah. cops cracking wise in the car. You know, put your put your seatbelt on, bitch boy. <laughs> like because <laughs> like, 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 the seatbelt laws were like new in 1989, basically. I, I think. Um, and good so. for this movie though for like like as, as much as you joke about Reginald Vell Johnson being the partner because he always is. Like I love that they didn't do like a young cop on the force learning from Tom Hanks. It's just another I, cop who's taking over tom's you know b like he's just like i just love that it's that that's as easy as it is like it's just those two guys hanging out like there's no there's no tension between them beyond that really they're just they're just two men who happen to be partnered together as as scott turner is moving off that bar to the force and then they get enrolled in one more case like it's it's great it's just it's just the the choices this movie makes are minuscule and not important but fascinating just because i expect it to be bigger and more bombastic and have more twists and turns and then no again it's just a dog movie it's just like yeah. it's all window dressing to get you to hooch that's all it is yeah well and and to get you know tom hanks in his underwear basically i mean we have to talk about like tom <laughs> hanks's appeal is like 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 we said at the beginning like this is that this movie was a great one to start with because his p- appeal is like so evident throughout the film it's like it's really what carries the movie this is a like this is a like this movie doesn't even get made without Tom Hanks, you know, like, um, and, uh, you know, I, I think you put on Instagram that he's, you know, you've, you, he's, he's America's dad now, but like, yeah, I believe you, you're to quote you, he was, a he was a snack and a half in this movie. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I mean, he looks, he's, he looks good. He like, he's got like the, you know, he's not like ripped or anything like, like, a like Dave Bautista or something, but he's like, He's very physically fit. Um, he can pull off wearing the the tidy whities really well. Um, like and he, you know, there's it's it's also a love story, you know, and and but it's like literally, it's it was shocking to me how much of this movie is him talking to a dog. Yeah, uh, I mean, like how much screen time that is, and how 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 it it's not good necessarily, but it's not not entertaining, I guess. And it is sort of justified in some ways. Like it's like it's, like it's, it's a little it's a little silly that this. This genuine asshole of a dog, this dog that ruins his house, <laughs> ruins his life, like is the most disrupt, jumping through windows, like smashing through glass, like ugly just- and disgusting and <laughs> terrible yeah. dog. Being, yes. being a true terror, and we don't even get to see his big poops everywhere. Like I'm sure he's pooping, <laughs> you know, in, in a more less child-friendly movie, he's pooping all over the place. But yeah, he's he's a nightmare. But it is kind of sweet how, like, because Tom Hanks is so clearly not functional and not happy and weird, it does sort of it makes sense that his character would to some extent be opened up by a dog like i sort of buy that like it's not the craziest thing in the world but you're totally right that like this movie is 100 percent predicated on tom hanks he does not have to do a ton of heavy lifting he really just has to play a very basic character he's mostly playing a slightly more anal tom hanks you know like yeah, right, right. but yeah, he's yeah. great at that and like it's 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 it sort of belies a lot of the Tom Hanks we come to love. Like he he's dipped into interesting roles over his career for sure. Like he isn't always playing Tom Hanks, but there's 
plenty of movies where he's playing affable, lovable Tom Hanks, and this is certainly yeah. one of them. There's there's a little more going on. So it's not just a rom com or something where he's pursuing a woman or pursuing a job or whatever he ends up doing in a regular Tom Hanks movie. But in this one, he like you said, he really is leaning into that charm that he has. He's really leaning into just being a very lovable scamp of a man like he's just Mm -hmm. he's one of those famous actors who there's a boyishness to him that i think everyone responds to like as an adult i think he's 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 channeled that a little more into not 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 manly necessarily but he he subjugates it it comes out certain times like in the terminal or other movies where he's planted up but back in this day for sure in the 80s and early 90s before he turned into like you know tom hanks oscar winner he was really just being like that that boyishness was right at the surface and i think everybody liked him i think i think women liked him because he was handsome and he was fun and I think dudes like especially kids liked him because he was just you know he felt very one of them and then Big of course literally that's the whole point of Big so yeah, like, right, not, right. I'm not reinventing the wheel by saying that but it's just really cool like it's just fun to see that sort of Hanks because it's so far from what we have right now but again even now it's still not far from the surface and there are plenty of movies and the Mr. Rogers movie may be the best recent example where he channels that again but as a, as a, old, a very old man this time or a pretty old man but it's still yeah. right there and he can summon it whenever he sort of needs to and it still works yeah yeah well and there's just like I mean you know I mean we're talking about a national treasure here I guess in some ways but like you know he's just he's just so damn approachable like that's that's the bottom line whatever role he's in um, you know it does it, it feels like he's he's right there with you and you could go up and talk to him. Right. Like, whereas I do, I think other, like other movie stars, even other ones that you could compare, um, are similar in the sense of like, you know, they kind of, in a lot of roles, they kind of just play their play themselves. Like I'm thinking of a Denzel Washington type, you know, who's, he's kind of always Denzel. Right. But like, there's just not this, like, there's not this approachability. Um, I think Denzel, works for different reasons um but like that's that's why tom everyone loves tom hanks i think is because it's like you feel like you feel like you 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 know him i guess um and of course we don't um but uh but that's that's sort of the that's sort of the magic and and you kind of get to see it here um and it is interesting again to see it in a in a a movie that's just not really that good because (laughs) it's that's not to say that tom hanks has been in like you know he's not been in bad movies recently because I think he definitely has, but, but like, um, uh, you know, he, he's in, <laughs> he's in enough. I mean, he's in every like Steven Spielberg movie basically. So he's in enough like good movies regularly for like decades now that you kind of forget that like he started with like bosom buddies and then this like kind of weird decade of a movie career before he became like, Tom Hanks Oscar winner, you know? So Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to call paying your dues when you're starring in major motion pictures for Touchstone. Like, it certainly is, right. you know, he's, he's, he's already made it at this point to a certain extent. But, yeah, it is really, it is fascinating to see him when he was still doing this because he not not had to but because like this is what his jobs are. this is what he did you know these are the mm-hmm. movies he made and he was good at them and he you know and, and there was a there was a non-zero chance that this would have been his career forever you know like right. he could have been doing this throughout at least until he got older like he could have been been the pleasant uh you know lead in a very light 10 million dollar comedy for decades after this and we're yep. gonna i think it's gonna be really fun to chart his career from there because we're gonna hit a few key moments where you're like oh yeah yeah, that's why he became Tom Hanks. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, because he hit yeah. this one out of the park, you know, because yeah. he, uh, he he dominated this movie, and then they put him bigger and bigger and bigger, and then all of a sudden he's Tom Hanks we know and love. But, yeah, he's he is so, so good. 
I was comparing him with friends last night to Harrison Ford, which is not a Mm -hmm. one-to-one comparison because they didn't overlap entirely, but they're both two of the biggest movie stars of the last several decades by far, and they both have really, and like, Tom Hanks just keeps making movies. Like you said, some of them are bad, many of them are good, like, there are ten, at least ten, if not more, Stone Cold classics in there, and then there's five, ten more that you would watch start to finish every time they come on. Meanwhile, Harrison Ford is known for, like, really six movies, and then, you know, a few (laughs) others like obviously the fugitive is great you know the jack ryan movies are great but reality he's he's indiana jones and he's uh and he's han solo and then and he also took takes huge gaps in between movies sometimes like 10 years or so but like and he's and also like personality wise hanks is the most affable man possibly in hollywood and harrison ford is a known curmudgeon you know (laughs) like right right right. so i just think they're really like i think it's just two really you know interesting human beings to discuss because they've taken such different approaches to what they do both (laughs) are beloved but in very different ways and I'm curious when it's all like said and done how we'll look back on a guy like Harrison Ford or a guy like Tom Hanks like I think Tom Hanks is going to be venerated times 10 even when he finally does pass away if that's if that's somehow possible I think we will not like I think they'll build statues of Tom Hanks in in America this is going to become like the waspy version of our De Niro Pacino (laughs) comparisons that we like inescapably have to do every time we do an an Al Pacino podcast we don't need to do it one to one like I said, but I just think I just found them to be. No, no, I, I have friends yeah, who yeah. love Harrison Ford to death too, and I mean I like Harrison Ford a lot. But I think if push came to shove, I would uh, I'd prefer Tom Hanks. Oh, there's no contest. I mean, like I, I think know there is for some people though, I think some people would say there is a contest. This is like uh, this is like this is like a classic like uh, 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 peak over longevity like uh, discussion like that you'd get into like in the Baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Like Tom Hanks is like hitting homers for decades here, like. You know, Harrison Ford, yeah, Star Wars and Indiana Jones are amazing movies. Thankfully, we don't have to really choose. But how is there even a contest? I mean, um, you know, I I guess I'm like, it's funny because we're talking about this. I'm like looking down our list of 10 movies and I'm so excited for all of them (laughs) for different reasons. Like, like, uh, and I just don't think you could do a list of 10. I think you would I think you would have trouble pulling a list of 10 Harrison Ford movies and getting really excited about like, like all 10 of them, not, and, and I'm not saying that just like, was he in 10 good movies? Obviously he, there, there are 10 good movies on his IMDB page for sure. But I don't think there's the range and, you know, sort of um, variety in those roles either. You know, like I'm thinking like, you know, we're going to do um, like sleepless in Seattle, which is like a, another rom-com, but a more serious one. And then like, um you know there's some other stuff later where he's like he's more of a more of a true like hero 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 like so so i don't know that harrison ford has that like you know um he he, i don't know that he has that that kind of that kind of range i don't know that i don't know if we were sitting here looking at our our 10 harrison ford movies we'd be as excited if we did like one star wars and one Indiana jones and then eight other ones i think by the time we got to the end of that eight we'd be like ugh. Or like yeah, one, yeah. one Jack Ryan, like it'd yeah. be hard. But like you said, we could fill it, and it probably would be fascinating to watch the other yeah. seven and see. Like if we watched the conversation, which has Harrison Ford in it, like that would be really fun. But it's not a Harrison Ford movie, really. It's a mm-hmm. Gene Hackman movie that Harrison Ford appeals appears in. And then yeah, once we get to the end of that list, I think we'd be like, oh great, what lies beneath? Six days, seven nights, like Sabrina. <laughs> we just wouldn't care about half those movies, you know? It'd be, it'd be much harder to get up for them. Whereas Tom Hanks. 
we picked 10 and we and we could have picked 15 we could have picked 20 like and and not even good ones we could have picked 10 just 10, we could have picked 20 you know intriguing ones that we just wanted to discuss so it wouldn't even you know wouldn't be about goodness it's just he the man makes a lot of choices 985% good and the ones that aren't good are certainly worth talking about too yeah, and it's like it's funny because like you say that like we did this ten, and I I wouldn't say we agonized over the list exactly, but there were like some movies on there that I was like, oh, I want to see that one again, and which is probably why we will end up doing more than ten of them. But like again, yeah, with Harrison Ford, like if, if your list is ten and six of them are uh, Indiana Jones movies and Star Wars movies, yeah. then you're not really you're not really looking at an actor's filmography. You're looking at um, two franchises that they happen to be in. Um, so anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and like we said, Turner and Hooch is a very good place to start. It's it really sets the table for the Hanks we come to know, and it's got some interesting elements own in its own right. We didn't even talk about this. Hooch dies in Turner and Hooch. Yeah. That <laughs> is I the whole like even though I, I it wouldn't it didn't blow me away because like it is a cop buddy cop movie and I was like, okay, sometimes, you know, one cop dies and the other one, you know, carries on his or her memory. But the fact they killed a dog, there is no way in twenty twenty you're killing a dog in your movie. It's just not happening. <laughs> they show like the bullet wound too on the dog. <laughs> and they show him slowly dying. It's not yeah, just they like yeah. do it off camera. Yeah. He dies on camera. He passes away before our eyes. It's very sad. <laughs> Very, very sad. I mean, it's kind of a cheap sad, you know, but like, <laughs> like uh, not cheap, but uh, uh, it, it's easy. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a simple path to take. You they know, know but, what our response is going to be, which yeah. is, holy shit, Hooch is dead. I'm sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, the other the, the other things I want to talk about, I mean, Craig T. Nelson is in this movie, and I feel like he's completely wasted. <laughs> we uh, we like, got to that scene at the end when he turns on, on Tom Hanks, and I thought to myself, I'm like, wait, is Craig T. Nelson the bad guy? And then he just is the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. yes. There's no groundwork just... laid for that at all, really. Yeah, no, there's no groundwork laid for it. Um, I remember that that was the twist, so I, there were, there were like, two moments earlier in the movie where, like, maybe you could just sort of see it. Uh, there's some convenient things. But um, I wrote down, like, there's no way that Tom Hanks is, like, even as cut as he is in this movie is like i'm believing he's winning a wrestling match over a shotgun with uh with mr mr incredible so i don't i I, I didn't i didn't buy that buy that part um and then the other thing i want to call out is jim beaver is randomly in this movie i wrote ellsworth Ellsworth in capital letters in my (laughs) notes. it's great it's great and he's playing a very ellsworthy role as like the the uh like the foreman of the (laughs) He's there for a few seconds. He just sounds cool. He says a few things. Like you can hear, you hear his voice. You barely you don't see his face first. You hear his voice, and I was like, "That's Jim Beaver." And then it yeah. turns around. It was Jim Beaver. And, and he looks exactly the same as he does in Deadwood, <laughs> yeah, does. Uh, which is a twenty-year gap. So I don't, you know, yeah, that's I pretty cool. I love Jim Beaver very much. Yeah. That, was, that was very exciting to see him there. Good to see him. It's good cast. It's good. Did you know good. who was originally supposed to direct this movie, Andrew? I did not. But Henry I'm, I'm, the Fonz Winkler. Really? He was fired 13 days into production by Jeffrey Katzenberg. He said of his firing, let's just say I got along better with Hooch than I did with Turner. So apparently Hanks and Winkler having some, you know, brouhaha's on set. That's, they both seem like very affable dudes. I can't believe they would. Uh, maybe it's oil and oil, you know. Maybe they just were too similar and too nice, and they just didn't like each other for that. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it doesn't seem like a fight I would see happening, but who knows what's going on no, behind the scenes. That's surprising, but I know which side I'm on. I mean, I'm obviously on Hanks. Oh, uh, we don't know, though. You're not, you, don't think Wink, you think Winkler was coming in hot and needed to be cooled down a little bit? That feels more likely than Tom Hanks. 
No, it's hard to say. I mean, I get to see. I, yeah, I guess it, it just—it seems like a weird movie getting fights over. Maybe, maybe the dog was just a lot. Maybe the dog brought the stress levels up. Maybe Beasley, the yeah. dog, just hard to wrangle him. It's probably hard to do. I'm sure. I imagine it's very difficult to do scenes with a dog because even if he's well trained, I'm sure he takes shits or wanders away or is just not making. You know, not doing exactly what you want him to do. I can see that being a super annoying set to be on. So, yeah. Yeah, I doubt Hooch and uh, and Hanks were best friends after this movie. I feel like they were working working relationship only, and the second the cameras turned off, they went to their trailers and you know did their own things. So. Didn't, Hanks didn't take him home to Rita Wilson. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I, a, like in a in a bizarre bit of mirroring of the plot of the movie to play like, with Chet and Colin yeah. at home, you know, yeah. with the boys. Chet, Chet, Jesus, <laughs> we'll talk more about Chet Hayes as we go, and Colin too. I'm sure we'll talk about Colin, but the Hanks boys. Just stay tuned for our spinoff series on Colin Hanks filmography. <laughs> it's just the movie Orange County. That's it. And the season one of Fargo. That's all we yes. got from Colin. Wait, wasn't he the priest in Mad Men? He or was. Like, he, yes, he was in Mad yeah. Men as well. Okay, there you yeah. go. That's a solid little late. You know, he. I think he started slow and has, and has found his niche as you know as he's gotten a little older. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the Hanks yeah. family. So this movie cost thirteen and made seventy one. So wow. you can see, uh, you know, why the why the Hanks uh, allure was growing at that point because he's making the money too, and that's always what they like to see. So that's uh, all of a sudden Hanks is about to blow up even more than he did. We're getting into the nineties. There's a few misfires coming up for Tom. There's Joe versus the volcano and Bonfire of the Vanities, which I think are both very renowned bombs in their own way. But then we get to 1992, and we get to a league of their own, and that is, I believe, the next movie we're going to talk about, right, Andrew? That's correct. Which is a movie you have somehow never seen? Is that never accurate? seen, never, never wow. seen. I think we're doing, and then after that, we're doing Sleepless in Seattle, right? Yes. And I've never seen that as well. So we're doing three straight Hanks movies that oh, I've man. never seen. Wow! Wow! What a start. What were you doing in the late 80s and early 90s? <laughs> no. Watching other, <laughs> watching Down Periscope and Austin Powers and. Kingpin? Did you just, it was the Terminal like the first Tom Hanks movie you saw? <laughs> Jesus, I mean, man. The Terminal might be the it's one I've seen the most at this point. It's so. a legend before Terminal came around, you know? <laughs> well, I'm uh, glad we get to watch, now we get to watch it. You know, it's always fun when we watch something the other one hasn't seen. So now we get to, I get to experience it for the first time and show enthusiasm. So, I mean, A League of Their Own will like fill some of our, the hole in our hearts that uh, is left by sports, hopefully. Yes, and, uh, you know, I think the other interesting thing about it is that Tom Hanks is kind of a supporting character in the movie i mean he is a supporting character he's not the main character at all yeah. uh, which which is an interesting place to go which i think uh, is a, that's a great thing to talk because like in his career he's he's largely been the main but certainly as he's right. gotten a little older he seems less uh opposed to being uh, a supporting role and like you know it's, it doesn't yeah. seem like it's a necessity for him to like do big things and be and 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 suck up all the oxygen in the room you know like so this yeah. is a good uh, reminder that in 1992 he was okay doing it and to a a, a f- entirely female cast i imagine so that's uh that speaks well to mr hanks uh in, in addition because that's probably not something uh everyone would be okay with in 1992 so yeah uh, i'm sure and i'm sure you know this but there's so much more yelling in your immediate tom hanks yelling oh yes that's true this might this might be the- <laughs> this is so yelly uh of a role for okay, him. I, may, uh, I may have to redo yeah, my yeah. hanks yelling power yeah. rankings after seeing that yes <laughs> Yes. That's, uh, at the end of this, that's all we're gonna do is just rank Tom Hanks yelling. <laughs> the movie's based on how how he, how he yelled in them. That's it's that's an underrated element. An underrated oh. element of the Hanks oeuvre is that he's really so good great. at yelling. So great, so great. I w- I would pay him to like just come over to my house and yell at me from six feet away. Right yeah. Now. 
I mean, um, America's grandpa, America's dad, whatever he is, you have to yell. Like dads and grandpas got to yell sometimes, you know. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a cuddly yell, though. It's, yes. it's very. We, we have to break it down more, I guess. It's but, a reassure, um, but I imagine in League of Their Own, he's less cuddly yelling and more lecturing women for not doing what he wants them to do. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get there. We'll, we'll be back very shortly to discuss that feature film, and then eight other Tom Hanks movies to come. At least eight. So there is a ton of Hanks on the way. We are excited to talk about this. This is going to be fun. Quentin Tarantino's filmography got to be a slog by the end, but a, a smattering of great Tom Hanks movies will be considerably less of a slog. So I think you'll hear much more chipper versions of Andrew and I. And also, I think we'll go through these really, really fast, so that'll be fun. If nothing else, the movies are shorter, for God's sakes. I mean, yeah. this one was only in like 90, 90 minutes and change, and uh, I don't remember how long A League of Their Own is, but that's a breezy view anyway. Oh, um, yeah, and I've never seen it again, so I, it could be two hours for all I care. At least it's not going to be two and a half with an intermission and... A bunch right. of blood and death and, and... <laughs> well, we'll we'll cap, pack all our death into one movie. I think. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, we sure will. There's the death movie. There's a Return of Hooch might be second on the death power rankings by the time we get there, though. Yeah, I mean, depending on what yeah, we do. Dis- a distant second, but yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> but yes, keep joining us for all the Tom Hanks movies. InRealDeep.com, the InRealDeep podcast. Subscribe to us everywhere podcasts are delivered. And go to our website. We got all of our old stuff there. Not a ton of writing going on these days because... But Andrew wrote something actually about the yeah. pandemic and movies and all of that. So you head to InRealDeep, you can read Andrew. Andrew doesn't write a ton lately, but when he does, it's always amazing. So go check it out. I think I'm going to have to review Onward as well because uh, we've literally seen it eight straight days at my house. Um, so, How does it hold up on the eighth viewing of Onward? <laughs> it's not a classic, I guess I would say. It's, it's, it's not a movie I would choose to watch eight times. I enjoyed it the first time, and it, it has its moments. I'm but, looking uh, forward to watching it one time, so uh, yeah, yeah I'll, be, I'll join you there. I think you'll enjoy it one time and see why after eight times it would be a little, a little grating. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, that sounds great. Well, there you go. More good Andrew writing to come. So go check that out, inrealdeep.com. Thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Adios.